What happens when a mother and Jesus get together? It changes the course of life, I'm going to tell you that. I realized this morning as, as I opened the word, I want you to understand something. These days are bittersweet. Mother's Day, Father's Day. Because I know that there are people who are missing their mamas or their daddies. I realize that there are single moms and dads who are struggling to fill both roles. And so even though it is Mother's Day, and even though I want to talk to you about what happens when a mother and a Jesus get together, I want you to understand, single dad, you can put yourself in there. In fact, I wish that all of our fathers would put themselves in here and just understand what happens when parents get together with Jesus. But for the sake of this morning, we're celebrating Mother's Day. Now, you know, I understand something. Mother's Day is not an ancient remembrance. In fact, historically, it's rather a new event. It, it was 1914, I believe, is, is when the first Mother's Day was celebrated. And then the card companies figured out, man, this is a bonanza. And they launched into this thing, and, and it's taken off. And, you know, whether you set it as a date on the calendar to celebrate or not, understand something. Motherhood is something to be celebrated. And I know that that kind of has been lost in the wash of our culture and everything that's going on around us societally, but I believe that mamas and babies are just one of those unique things that God created that is amazing. And we ought to always celebrate that. Historically, as long as there have been mamas and babies, there have been stories of mothers who were the driving force behind what their children grew up to become. Often those mothers are prayer warriors. Often they are strong women who, who do the, the dual role of parenting, whether it be by nature or whether it be by abandonment, whatever it might be. But I do believe this. When a mother's faith in Jesus Christ is strong, it impacts her child. And I want you to see that with me today. And so if you brought a Bible, I want you to take it and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, the 15th chapter. We're going to look at the story of a woman who came to Jesus. And as we look at her account together this morning, I want us to consider what happens when a mother and Jesus get together. A lot of people say it makes no difference. We live in a world that says, well, you know, that Jesus thing's overrated. I don't think so. And by the time we're done here, I hope that you don't think so either. Matthew chapter 15, find verse 21. We're going to begin our reading there. Once you've got that, if you can and will, I'm going to invite you to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's holy word. Matthew chapter 15, beginning at verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. 
He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Would you pray with me? Father, even as we come together to celebrate, we know that there are those among us who are hurting, struggling, battling. Sometimes it's just day-to-day life. It's just about existing. It's about surviving. It's about turning a corner and finding a new direction. And, And we pray that this morning as we spend these moments together in your word that you would speak your truth to us. Point us in the direction you would have us to go. Father, help us to understand your plan, your design, your purpose for our lives. And I pray that you teach us this truth and teach us how to walk in it. Father, bless the reading of your word. I pray that you would allow it to take root in our hearts and our lives and our minds during this time. I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I just want you to make no mistake about it this morning. Jesus is interested in people. And as my mother once told me, mamas are people too. That makes it very clear. Jesus is interested in mothers. What Jesus is ultimately about, he told us. He came to seek and to save the lost. He is interested in every person, male, female, young, old, anywhere in between, whether they are parents or whether they are not, whether they are married, whether they are single. It does not matter. Jesus is interested in people. But while he was engaged in his ministry, oftentimes we find him using parents. We find him using mothers and fathers to bring their children into his presence. And this story is one of those. This is a marvelous New Testament account full of all kinds of wonderful lessons. In fact, I could preach out of this particular text for probably three or four Sundays straight, never even repeating myself, never teaching the same lessons, never drawing the same truths, simply because there's so much in it. So for the mor- this morning, and for the sake of today, I simply want us to look at what happens. What happens when a mother gets together with Jesus. What happens? I started to unpack this story in my office several weeks ago, and I was just looking through the text, and and, and I thought to myself, okay, if I could make this as simple as I could, what would I say? Because, you know, simple works for me. I don't know if that works for you, if you need something that's highly educated and deeply theological, or or if simple works for you. But today, you're going to get simple, because simple works for me, okay? And so, here are the simple lessons that I picked out of this passage that speak to me this morning. And I just simply want to say this, when we look at this passage, we see see Jesus and a troubled mother. I don't know very many mothers who aren't troubled at some point in time. It's just a reality. I'm just going to tell you square up as a pastor for over 40 years now, I've had a whole lot more mamas come through my office door than I have daddies. Daddies, daddies, and I'm, I'm one of us guys, okay? We have a different mentality. Our mentality is we can fix it. We can fix it. And if we can't fix it, we'll fix them. That's daddy's mentality. Mama comes with a whole different way of thinking. 
Mama approaches it from, what do we do? How can we help? How can we get help to our child? And whenever I look in this passage, I see a woman who was wrestling with those very questions, those very thoughts. She was a troubled mother. Very few moms ever are able to escape that being troubled. They, their minds run down tracks that most of us guys don't even deal with. They think about, they worry about their children. Their kids go out the door and they think about all the accidents that could happen. They think about all the diseases that are out there and the dirty doorknobs and everything their kids are going to touch and taste. What are they going to put in their mouth next? These are things moms think about, not dads. We're giving them pocket knives. We're teaching them how to hold a gun. See, it's a whole different mindset. Mothers have an uncanny awareness regarding the dangers that are out there and available to their children. They're more aware, probably, of the immaturity of their children. They see their kids and they realize, but they're just babies. They still say that the day they're getting married, guys. They're just babies. But you know what? For some reason... And I think maybe it, it, it's because of our different roles and the way God created us. Guys, we have a tendency to get caught up in the day-to-day business of providing, of working, of going, of doing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying mamas don't work. They work themselves to a frazzle. But they seem to have an awareness of evil because they have the opportunity to think about that during the course of their day as caregivers that a lot of guys miss out on. And even mothers that are working outside of homes seem to have an uncanny awareness of that. They understand that there is evil that is out there, that is lurking, that is waiting. And most of us guys are just plowing straight ahead. This mother was troubled. And all you got to do is look at the passage to see what's going on. It's really plain. Verse 22, this Canaanite woman comes to Jesus crying out. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. This woman had a deep abiding love for her daughter. And I say that because what caused her daughter to suffer also caused her to suffer. See, mothers empathize with their children's pain in a way that us guys just don't get. When they hurt, mama hurts. It's linked together. Look at verse 22. Have you ever noticed this? Have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering. Have mercy on me. I'm hurting here, Lord. Have mercy on me. Why are you hurting? Because my daughter is suffering. See, there is this link. There is this bond between a mother and a child that we guys just don't get for the most part. And when this daughter suffered, mother suffered as well. And she had faith. She had faith and she understood that her faith was not just for her. Her faith was for her daughter. This mother believed in miracles. See, well, how do you know that? Why did she come to Jesus with this issue if she didn't believe he could do something? Listen, if a man could do something about this, it's going to be a miracle, right? Oh, come on, ladies. If a man can do anything about anything, it's a miracle, right? 
If this man could do something about this demon possession that her daughter was suffering from, it was going to be a miracle. She believed in miracles, and in her desperation and in her faith, she comes to Jesus, reaching out to the one that she believed could help her by helping her daughter. She believed in the divinity of Christ. Well, that's not true. She was a Canaanite woman. She was a Syrophoenician. But did you see how she spoke to Jesus? Look at it. She calls him Lord. Son of David, Lord, she's using terms that imply she knows who he is. He's the promised one they've been waiting on. He is the Lord. He is the son of David. The son of David is a reference to Messiah, the anointed the one, the coming one. And her love for her daughter and her faith in miracles and in God drove her to faith in Jesus. And she found confidence in and through her faith. She believed Jesus had the power to make a difference. And she refused to give up on her request. Because she believed that Jesus could change her child's situation. Any of y'all ever had a child you wished was situation would change? Yeah, I hear a lot of parents out there now. I even heard some men's voices. The reality is if you're a parent, it's almost an inevitable. At some point, there is going to be a day, there is going to be a time when you are going to want to see Jesus move and act and touch your child and change their situation. This mother had confidence in Jesus' ability because she believed in the generosity of God's love. Now, can I just tell you something? If you know God at all, you know his love is generous. A lot of folks seem to act like, you know, God's love is stingy. That it, it, it's just barely enough. He, he's going to give you just barely enough to I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a minute. I believe that God's love is extravagant. I think it is abundant. It is always adequate to the need. And usually it is beyond our ability to even understand the depth of it. This mother had confidence in the fairness of the master's love. Believing that his love was available to all, even to her. A Syrophoenician woman, a Canaanite. That his love was adequate to every situation, even dealing with demon possession, even dealing with someone who, who was possessed by evil. She didn't even think he'd be taxed by her request. Have you ever asked someone for something and said, you know, listen, I, I don't have the right to ask you for something this big. You ever, you ever had to ask somebody for something like that? Doesn't it feel awkward? Have you ever had to say to someone, listen, I know I don't deserve this, and I'm asking a lot, but could you possibly find it in your heart to, it's kind of awkward, isn't it? You, you kind of feel like you're begging. You feel like you're asking for something you don't deserve. You're, you're asking for something that maybe it's even beyond their ability to give it. It's such an uncomfortable, not this woman. Now, this, this wasn't her situation at all. She wasn't like that. So how do you know that? Because listen, after everything she went through, and even after Jesus had turned her away, she said, look, I know I'm just a dog. All I want is the crumbs. All I need is just the crumbs that fall from the master's table. 
she knew that what she was asking was not taxing to Jesus. It was not asking him to do something that was just going to wear him out. No way, no how. It wasn't like that at all. This troubled woman. She becomes, she becomes something I think all of us want to see. And that is a mother of faith. She couldn't be turned aside. Listen, have you ever had somebody ignore you? How's that feel? Some of y'all are like, I don't know. Has anyone ever given you the silent treatment? Okay, guys, here we go. Did any of y'all ever have this experience when you were children? Your father said to you, go wait in your room. I'll be right in. Who knew that right in meant 30 minutes that felt like three hours? And the reality is, those 30 minutes were probably more like three. But it seemed like you were in there all day waiting. The silence in that room. She cried out to Jesus. And did you see what it says? He answered her, not a word. Silence. But she kept calling. She kept calling. (laughs) Until his disciples said, Lord, please, do something about this woman. She is driving us crazy. And she's embarrassing. I mean, she just keeps crying and crying and crying. And she won't stop. Oh, but she's crying. Why is she crying out? Because she knew where the answer was. Folks, listen, I I don't know exactly what's going on here. I don't know why Jesus didn't speak to her. I, I don't know if he was trying to test her faith. I don't know if he was trying to teach us a lesson about persistence in praying and about continuing to cry out to him until the answer is made. I don't know exactly what all's going on. I simply know this. She would not give up because she was a mother of faith. Now, I said all of that to say this. I am so thankful for mothers of faith who won't give up. I'm a testimony to one. My older brother is a testimony to one. There are probably many of you sitting in this room who'd say, "Mm, yeah, me too. Me too. I'm a testimony to a mother who would not give up, who would not quit praying, who would not stop crying out to the Lord in order to receive an answer. All they wanted was just a crumb. Don't need a meal. Don't need to come up to the table. Don't need to sit with the family. Just the crumbs that fall off the table. That's enough. That's faith. That's faith. When you look at this account, you see Jesus with a troubled mother. You see Jesus with a mother of faith. Because that's what she was. But you see, a woman can be this. A man can be this. But there is something that Jesus does in their lives that only Jesus can do. And this is the last thing I want you to see. This is what I want you to get a hold of. Because as I was digging my way through this text, and I saw this woman, and I knew that she was troubled. I knew that she had faith. But then what I saw at the end 
was her being what only Jesus could make her. Because when you look at this text, we see Jesus making a victorious mother. See, she couldn't win the victory on her own. She could not cast the demon out of her daughter. She could not fix what was troubling her child. She could not make what was the the problem go away. How do you define a victorious mother? They won. Now, the outcome's always important. But I'm going to tell you how I define a, a victorious mother. Number one, they seek out Jesus. They seek out Jesus. Did you see how this whole passage started? Got your Bible? Go back and look. Verse 21, leaving that place. Okay, this, this is referring back to everything that's gone on in chapter, the end of chapter 14 and into chapter 15. Leaving that place. He's been teaching. He's been doing miracles. Leaving that place. Jesus withdrew from the region and he goes to Tyre and Sidon. I don't think he would have ever said it this way. But it was time for Jesus to have a little me time. The demands, the strain, the drain. It was time to spend some time to let the body recover. It was time to spend some time in prayer and let the Father renew his spirit. It was time to get away from the press and the crowd and everything that was going on and let himself be renewed so that he could continue on in his ministry. And this woman, this persistent, unfailing, unquitting, unyielding woman found out where he was. And she sought Jesus out when he was seeking not to be found. He had withdrawn. He was looking for a time of rest and privacy, and she comes to him anyway. You see, a victorious mother seeks Jesus out when it's convenient, when it's not. She came. It, it, was, it was an action of faith on her part. You all remember what Scripture says, right? That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Somehow she had heard about Jesus. He is the Word of God. He is the living Word of God. And she came to him looking for an answer. She came seeking him. She overcame prejudice. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, wait a minute. What are you talking about prejudice? Jesus is a Jewish rabbi. This woman is a Canaanite, a Syrophoenician. All of that's a fancy way of wrapping up this one ugly word, Gentile. Now, I want to tell you something. We always talk about how the Jews despise the Gentiles, but can I just tell you something? The Gentiles despise the Jews too. It's a two-way street. And this woman overcame her prejudice to approach this Jewish rabbi in the hope, in the prayer, that he would do something to set her daughter free. And she prayed as she came, Lord, God, help him to see past what I am. To see what I need. 
Overcoming prejudice is no small matter, friends. If it was, it wouldn't be all over the news today. 2,000 years later, we're still writing about it. We're still talking about it. It's daily on the news. Why? Because people are prejudiced. It's not natural. It's learned. But it's so deeply ingrained in our cultures that we have learned to be prejudiced against one another. You say, well, what are you talking about? We have learned to fear that which is different from ourselves. That's what prejudice is. She conquered her fear with faith. That's, that's, that's what it does. I don't know how you feel when you read this passage. I've, I've read this passage. I was looking through my notes, and I've, I've preached out of this text so many times through the years. I never read it, and it gets any easier. It always makes me so uncomfortable to read this passage and picture it. Because that's what, that's what my weird brain does. When I start reading it, I... I imagine it. I, I see it like it's a movie screen in my brain. And, and I see this woman crying out for help, and I see Jesus just walking down the road like he didn't even hear her. Never even batting an eye, never turning his head, never speaking a word, just ignoring what's going on. It's so uncomfortable. It's so, it's so unlike what we picture Jesus being like. It's almost as if he's unapproachable. But when she approached him, she approached him with expectation of what he could do. It had nothing to do with how he would act. And she came to Jesus earnestly expecting him to do something that no one and nothing else could do. She came with hope, she came in humility. But ultimately, as a mother, she came with a determination that could not, that would not be discouraged. He told her, he said, look, it's not right for me to do this for you. I, I didn't come for you. I didn't come for your people. I, it's not right to give the bread of the children. Talking about the Jewish nation. To the dogs. Now, you know what? A whole lot of us right there would have said, game over. Enough of this. You call me a dog? I don't need what you got. I'm out. But her daughter was still possessed. And she humbled herself. And she said, yes, Lord, you're right. But even the dogs... Even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And in that imaginary picture in my head, I see Jesus stop. And he turns and he's got a smile on his face. <laughs> Woman, <laughs> you have great faith. Your request is granted. Didn't require anything of him but a word. It didn't even require a word. It could have been a thought. But the request was granted. Her prayer was answered. Her need was met. Her daughter was healed. 
It says from that very hour. What do you learn when you read a passage like this? Just another great story in the Word of God? Hope not. I hope there's more to it than that for you and for me and for all of us. I think there are multiple lessons to be learned here. I think, listen, whenever I read this story, I realize something that I think all of us want to hear, all of us want to know. And it starts with this. Divine delays are not always denials. Sometimes we're, God makes us wait. He, he, he tests us a little bit. He wants to see if we're certain, if we're going to hold our ground, if, if this is really what we're about. And so often, I, I don't know if any of you have this problem. It's, it's my problem, okay? It's my personal issue. I accept it. If you can get on board with me, that's awesome. If you can't, just ignore this, okay? But sometimes we grow impatient, waiting on God's answer. That's mine. I, cl- I claim it. I own it. But sometimes in, in my impatience, I discover that when God delays his answer, he's preparing to do something better than even what we've asked for. You say, well, how does that apply to this story? easy. When Jesus answered this woman's prayer, he had mercy on her. Her daughter no longer suffered from demon possession. But it opened a door because from this point forward, there was no question that Jesus was willing to share the gospel with anybody and everybody, it was as if he was brushing the crumbs off the table and saying to anybody and everyone who heard, come. Come to the table. Come to the table and see what the Father offers. Now let me just back us up to the finish. Did you come in here hurting? Did you come in here concerned about a child or grandchild or a nephew or a niece? Are you watching them struggle trying to find their way? Maybe, maybe there's one that's gotten way off the track. And you're trying to figure out, how do we get them back? Have you ever thought maybe it's not for you to do, but it's for Jesus to do? And your job is simply to get together with Jesus. I flipped through my brain. <laughs> Literally, I was just going through story after story after story after story. Trying to figure out, how do you make people understand this? And I realize something, I can't make anybody understand it. Only the Spirit of God can do that. 
God called me to preach when I was 14 years old. And I began to preach. And God and I argued about it. Because I had some other things I wanted to do with my life. And I had some other plans that I wanted to carry out. And I figured surely God's going to get over this, this thing. How little I understood God at that point in my life. And I tried. Oh, I tried to make him uncall me. And he wouldn't. You know, there was a lot about my life I didn't know. I I flatly did not know. I was never told. I did not know until I was a little bit older. But one thing I knew about myself, I loved to eavesdrop. And, And I did it a lot in our house. It was a small house. And my bedroom was upstairs off the kitchen. And it was a small staircase, and I could sit at the top, and they had no idea downstairs I was there. And I remember sitting at the top of that staircase one night and listening to a conversation between my mom and my dad. I didn't know Mama had gotten a call from the school, but she had. And she knew about the way I was messing up and the trouble I was getting into. And she was crying. And she told my dad, she said, Everett, I prayed. I prayed for him that God would give me a preacher. And God answered it. And this stupid kid's going to mess it up. (laughs) And I sat there on those steps and I listened to my parents pray for me and if you want to know how to straighten your kids out I'm going to tell you the best trick you got in your book mom and dad you let them hear you praying for them because I listened to them weeping before the throne of grace over the roads that I was traveling and the choices that I was making and they were talking to God but God was talking to me And he began to break my heart. And he convicted me. And he changed me. And he corrected me. And he put me back on the path I was supposed to be on. And I wish I could tell you from that point forward I was perfect. But I don't want to stand here and lie to you. I wasn't. I am not. I will not be until I'm with him. But mom and dad, listen to me. You have immeasurable power at your disposal it's found at the throne of grace and if you go there by yourself or together I suggest going together you never know how it might impact your family don't waste that opportunity it will change your lives and it'll change the life of your family What happens when Jesus and a mama get together? Oh, the world gets changed. And Jesus gets all the glory. Is he getting the glory in your life? Is he getting the glory in your home? Is he getting the glory in your family? If not, maybe it's time today that you get together with Jesus. Let's bow our heads together.
In just a moment, we're going to stand together and sing a song of commitment, of invitation, of surrender. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you might be struggling with or, or wrestling with, but I do know this. There's one who has the answers. And he has the power to take what's broken and make it whole. He's got the ability to take your wounds, bind them up and heal them. The question is, will you let him do it? The question is, will you call on him? The question is, will you say, I'm I'm turning loose. I can't handle this, Jesus. It's already been proven. I can't fix this. I can't handle this, but I trust that you can. And would you give it to him? Maybe, Maybe you need to talk to him right where you are. Maybe this is that moment in time when you're hearing his voice and you realize, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I need a relationship with a God who can do this. I need a relationship with a Jesus who can change things like this. Is he calling you? Do you know you need that relationship, want that relationship? Would you come to him? Say, well, I would, but I don't know what to do. Let me invite you. Just come take me by the hand and say, Pastor, I want that relationship. I won't embarrass you or put you on the spot, but I'd love to visit with you and share with you from the word of God how you can become a child of the king today. Would you just take to him and say, Father, here are my broken things. I can't fix it, but I know you can. I trust you. Lay it down and let him do what only he can do in your life. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, how challenging it is to to lay aside our pride our perceptions of our own strength and trust you. Trust you to do what needs to be done. Father, I I pray that you'd give us the ability today to do that. I'm sure that in this room there are some moms, there are some dads, there are some grandmothers and grandfathers who who are praying for their children, for their grandchildren, watching perhaps from a distance, seeing the decisions and the choices and knowing that things aren't going the right direction. I'm not sure how to, how to make a difference. Father, help us to learn today that the difference is made when we come together with you. Because you have the power. You have the ability. You have the love to make the difference. Father, I pray for us in this room. If there's someone here who doesn't know you, I pray that you draw them to yourself. If there are those who are hurting, wounded, struggling, I pray, Father, that this morning they would just simply fall into your arms and receive your grace, your strength, your healing for their lives. Father, there may be in this room some moms and dads. They've been walking opposite directions. Today you're speaking to their hearts. They're thinking maybe there is hope. Father, I pray, convince them there is hope. Drive them together and draw them to yourself. Father, I ask you this morning, heal, restore, renew, bind once more. Father, take that which seems to be broken beyond repair. And do a miracle so that we can only look at it and say, that was God. There's no other explanation. God did it. 
we're going to give you the glory. We're going to give you the praise for all that you do, for every life touched, for every outcome changed. Thank you, God, for who you are. Now have your way in our lives, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.